0: We're just going to read one verse from this chapter. I'll just give you a little bit of the setting. The setting is uh, that they are, are having some uh, disagreement about uh, the widows who were being neglected. And they felt like that they hadn't been taken care of and, and they were not properly assisted in, and uh, taken care of. So they were voicing their... Uh, a disgruntled opinion. And uh, so, there was a little dissension there. So, they just took something that was a negative and made it a positive. And that's what we do. We take the negatives and make them positives. And so, in this particular setting, uh, they said... Uh, It is not right for us to leave the Word of God and serve tables, speaking of the apostles. And uh, it wasn't that they were too good to serve tables. It was just a matter of who they were to serve and how they were to serve and what gifts they had and callings they had uh, to serve. And so they said, seek you out among you, seven men of honest report and full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost." to take care of this business. And so they did so, and they laid their hands on them. They uh, were able to uh, go ahead and feed the widows in that particular case and take care of them. And what happened as a result was just a positive thing. The widows were taken care of. And now it says in verse 6 or verse 7, the Word of God increased. And so when people are in their place, no matter uh, you know, if they're in the traffic uh, team or if they're a uh, part of uh, the usher team or they're uh, part of the ambassadors or they're part of uh, men with a mission or they're part of uh, youth ministry or children's ministry, uh, when people get in their place, what happens is the Word of God increases. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. So we got a positive outcome because the Word of God increased. Hallelujah. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So you know that the Word of God was increasing when you got even the priests who didn't necessarily agree with uh, what they were teaching and preaching. And so... Now, they are obedient to the faith, so it was a very, very positive outcome of church growth and discipleship, people getting saved, people being discipled. Praise God. And so that's a lot of what church is, people getting saved and people being discipled. So in order for a church to uh, be successful or a church to do what God has called it to do or Jesus has commanded us to do, then we're going to have to be getting people saved and we have to be uh, discipling people. And so, in some way, we got to do those two things. All right, so let's go to 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. And we're going to focus today on two ministries, or, or one, primarily one ministry and one message. Praise God. Uh, we're going to focus on the ministry of reconciliation and also the message of reconciliation. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Wherefore, henceforth, from now on, Don't know any man after the flesh. We've known Christ after the flesh, but obviously at this point, they can't know him after the flesh. Jesus has died, been buried, been raised, and he has been raised up, seated together with the Father at the Father's right hand, and he's in heaven. So they can't see him or know him after the flesh. The only way to know him is after the Spirit, right? Well, the same is true here. He said, "He's saying to us, don't know any man after the flesh." So, in the process of getting people saved and getting people disciple, God is wanting us to look beyond people's flesh, because in the in a discipleship process, uh, people have problems. They didn't. They did. They got saved. They're born again. They're children of God. Uh, they go to heaven. But they need some help in their growth, spiritual growth and development. And so uh, they need to be taught the Word of God. They need to be taught who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and faith in the Word of God and faith in God. Come on. And a lot of things in Scripture, they need to be taught. So they need to be taught the Word of God, be discipled, and sometimes that means uh, relationships have to be built Right? This is not just going to come from the pastor. It's going to come from the people. So people are going to get people saved and make disciples. And, uh, of course, we have different processes to do that here in this local church, Uh, different ways to do that. The people can begin the discipleship uh, process uh, in a lot of different ways. But uh, it's going to take people. Whether they're doing that through uh, the membership class or uh, through uh, men with a mission, uh, you know it takes people. Or if it's on a personal level, it takes people. So, in order to uh, get people saved and disciple people, have to be involved. And so, you are the people. Somebody say, "We are the people." Praise God. So, for church growth to occur, it's going to take people's involvement and participation in the process. Wherefore, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So, what is he saying here? He just told us to know no man after the flesh, right? But then he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Or any man or woman or person is in Christ, they are a new creature. So, in your spirit, he's talking about the spirit part of you when he says, if any person is in Christ. It's your spirit that is joined to Christ. Actually, 1 Corinthians six seventeen says it this way. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Thank you. Another translation says one with him in spirit. So your spirit is joined to Jesus. All right? So when you're born again... What part of you is born again when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus, Nicodemus, who was a religious man who came to him by night, who kind of wanted to not be seen, but he wanted to hear from Jesus. Jesus said, you must be born again. And in that dialogue or communication, he explained to him that your spirit needs to be born again. You inwardly need to be born again. So when you're born again, your spirit, the inward part of you, is born again or born of God. Different phrases used in Scripture. Born again, born of God, uh, reborn, born of the Spirit, right? So different uh, phrases in in the Scripture talk about this. So your spirit has been born of the Spirit. Or of the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God. So then it's your spirit that becomes a new creation. You, the man on the inside, the woman, the person on the inside, the person on the inside that uh, is really connected with God. So you become a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. All things. So everything in your spirit has become new. So when you got born again, I mean, you still were the same on the outside, except you had a bigger smile and you had more joy, you know. I just prayed with a gentleman uh, uh, just this Friday, and, and he just lit up and said, I needed that. I said, we all do. We all need Jesus. I needed Jesus. So, you may show something on the outside that you're saved, that you're born again, but truthfully, everybody has to grow spiritually and, and develop their spiritual life so that they can be more like Jesus on the outside. Hallelujah. And that's a process. How? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind... That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there needs to be a mind renewal process. Thank you, Jesus. And so through this process, then you're not conformed to this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're going to go to the next verse. Verse 18. And all things are of God. So you become a new creature in Christ, in your spirit. You are a brand new person. Thank you, Jesus. And old things are passed away, so you're not half new creation, half old creation. You are 100% new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. So everything in your spirit, when you were born again, became new and it was of God. That's why he says you're born of God. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. The word of actually means to to come out of. That you became a new creation. You became a child of God. You came out of him, your life came from him. What happened was eternal life came into your spirit and recreated your inner man. You became a brand new person on the inside, and so all things are of God. Then he says, "All things are of God who hath who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, who hath reconciled us, who's already reconciled us, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given to us a ministry of reconciliation. Now, what is a ministry of reconciliation? Uh, Just uh, a little explanation of the word reconciliation. It means to restore to a place of favor. Harmony, friendship with God. So then you are brought back into a relationship with God. God has reconciled us unto Himself. So you have a, a right relationship with God that would be included in reconciliation have a right relationship. You have a friendship relationship. You have a favored relationship with God. And so, he says, God reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us a ministry of reconciliation. So, the ministry of reconciliation would be that you go in your sphere of influence, you go, hallelujah, and tell somebody... The message of reconciliation. So he's given to us a ministry that means he's given you the grace to do it. Now, who did he give this ministry to? Every new creation. Every born-again believer. Every person that is saved, every person in this room that's born again, you have a relationship with God, you have a ministry that God has given. And you have maybe other gifts that you do other things to serve the kingdom of God, but everyone has this ministry of reconciliation. So with the ministry of reconciliation, you are to go and tell people about Jesus or give them the message of reconciliation which the verse uh, next verse tells us in verse 19 to wit or to know that's a King James word for sure to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses are not counting their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To wit, or to know that God was in Christ reconciling who? The world unto Himself. God was reconciling the whole world unto Himself. Not imputing, not counting their trespasses unto them. Not counting up their trespasses and saying, you're this. And have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Other translations say the message of reconciliation. So there is a message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is that... Jesus Christ, I mean, we'll just give you a a little bit of a version of it. God so loved the world because he reconciled the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. And he reconciled God was in Christ. In other words, God was working in Christ. He wasn't working on Christ. He was working in Christ on us. He was doing a work on the whole world. He was doing something. He was working something out for us, for the whole world. God was in Christ reconciling. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die for the world. So part of this reconciliation process is that Jesus would give his life that Jesus would die. He would be buried. He would shed his blood. He would suffer, and he would give it all up for us. But not just us, the whole world. Reconciling. So, when you're telling the message of reconciliation, I mean, you could have a shorter version or a longer version. But sometimes a short version does the job. Thank you, Jesus. And so telling somebody that God loved them so much, Love them so much. He loved the whole world. Tell them that, but he loved you. You're included. You're a part of the world that he loved. And, and say, God loved you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die in your place. And he died for your sin. And he died so that you could be saved and you could have a relationship with God. And so God reconciled or restored you to a place of favor and friendship. In other words, you can be a friend of God. You can have favor with God. You can be a child of God. You can have God on your side And you can actually have Jesus living on the inside Jesus will come into your heart Jesus will live inside of you he and, and he and he said this Jesus said, I and the Father will come and make our abode with you. So if you think about it, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Yes, Jesus. There's, there's certainly nothing that you'd want to turn away from if your eyes are open and the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to penetrate the heart of an individual and the Holy Spirit can open their eyes and cause them to see that they need Jesus and they want Jesus and they receive Jesus praise God so you pray before you go and if you have you have somebody specific that you're, you're uh, believing to get saved, then pray for them and ask God to open their eyes and Holy Spirit to open their eyes so that the gospel, praise God. Remember, the apostle said, we may give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So there had to be some prayer in order for the purpose to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. So then... You're preaching the message. And everybody, anybody can do that. Why? Because God's called you to do it. He's commanded you to do it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He's commanded us to do it. I mean, these are some of his last words before he ascended to the Father. Praise God. Same manner he left, he's coming back. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So everybody should hear the gospel. And you are anointed to preach it. God has graced you to preach it. He's given you a ministry. God never gives you a ministry without giving you some ability. He gives you the ministry, but he gives you the ability, the anointing, to do what he's called you to do. So therefore, you are anointed. You're appointed and anointed to go into the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And committed to us the word or message of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors, verse 20. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. What an ambassador is one who comes from one country to another country and represents the country they came from. So in this case, you're in the kingdom of God and you represent the kingdom of God and you're going to the kingdom of actually Satan, which coexists in this world. I don't advise you to say to people you're witnessing to you're in the kingdom of Satan. But you should be aware. So it's one kingdom that coexists in this world with the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan are in this world. But you're coming from the kingdom of God, and you're representing as an ambassador yes. hallelujah of God, hallelujah, of Christ. you're ambassador, you're representing God, you're representing Christ. Yes. Praise God, what an honor. What a privilege that you and I have that we can represent Jesus, represent Jesus to the world, and tell them the message of reconciliation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. And so you represent, you're an ambassador for Christ, ambassadors for Jesus, As though God did beseech you. Listen to the language. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Now the reconciliation is a one-time event. As far as legally, God has reconciled the whole world unto himself. So if you were to inherit a large sum of money or a small sum of money and the bank is holding that money you would have to go to that bank you'd have to sign for it you would have to say okay I am the person that was the inheritor you'd have to go and receive so it would be a legal transaction it was there for you, but you have to receive it. There's a lot of inheritance money that is not received because somehow they don't, can't locate the person, and so the money's just there. Well, God doesn't want anybody to be without the inheritance. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. That's part of the blessing of being a Christian. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So then the reconciliation message needs to be preached. You need to represent. And we pray you in Christ's stead. We pray you, be ye reconciled to God. So God wants us to reach out to say, receive this reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. And the next verse in the scripture here in verse 21 tells us a portion of what it took in order for God in Christ to reconcile us to himself. Verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he, God, has made him Jesus This is how he gave his son. Not only that he sent his son into this world to take on a body of flesh and blood and live as a man. But he was actually made to be our sin. God took our sin. And he was made to be sin for us. For God to do that. He had a lot of love for humanity. It's beyond our comprehension fully. The love of God, how much he loved us. Thank you, Jesus, just how much he loved us. That he made him to be our sin so that then we could be made the righteousness of God in him in Christ. So he was made sin so that we could be made righteous. So that was a divine exchange. God only could do. God made him to be our sin. And then God made us his righteousness. And we were declared righteous in him. The scripture says that he was delivered up for or because of, because of our sin. But he was raised up because of our righteousness. In other words, God did what it took. It was literal. It was legal. It was fully accomplished in the person of his son. And Jesus' resurrection is the absolute guarantee that it is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of course, the last act was he put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven, which was the finishing touches of redemption, which means when we come to God, we receive mercy. Thank God. Thank God forever. Somebody say thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Now we we'll work with this a little bit in the amplified version. So I'll read it to you from We'll begin with verse 17 in the amplified Bible. It's been called by Pastor Mark Hankins uh, the women's bible because it has more words. And in my family, my wife, she has more words than I do. But that's not always the case. Sometimes men have more words. That was Pastor Mark Hankins. I was just quoting him. So, clarity, clarification is important. I want to maintain favor with the women. All right, so. So, verse 17. Verse 17: "Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, and so it uses the word engrafted, uh, like, we're grafted into the vine. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, we were grafted into him. Hallelujah. And so the scriptures and other places use that terminology, We've been grafted into Christ. So then he says, "Engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new cre- creation, the a new creature altogether, completely, one hundred percent, completely new creature in Christ. The old previous moral and spiritual condition." The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, a fresh and new has come. So your spiritual condition, your previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. You have a fresh and new condition. Then verse 18, but all things are from God, meaning all things that you were made in Christ are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor. Now, I showed, gave you some of these words earlier, but just want to give them to you from a different translation. Received us into his favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So our aim, our goal, is to bring others into harmony with him. God has already worked the work of reconciliation. That's in the bank. It just needs to be received. Verse 19, but it, is God, it was God personally present in Christ. Now, there's an element of mystery in Scripture. But we trust the Holy Spirit to reveal the mysteries of the gospel, the word of God to our hearts. How God was personally present in Christ doing this, we don't fully know, but we just know he was. Personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world, the whole world, to favor with himself. Restoring the world to favor with himself. So we got a good message. This gospel is good news. Not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. But canceling them. The law counted up man's sins, but God in Christ canceled man's sin. And we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Thank God for his grace. Because grace gives you the ability to receive the goodness of God. The ability to receive the reconciliation. The ability to receive the mercy of God. The grace of God is what gives you that ability to receive Jesus Christ. And to receive this reconciliation a restoration to favor with God. canceling them, and then committing to us the message of reconciliation, of restoration to favor. God has... (laughs) Hallelujah. It's too good not to tell it. It's too good not to tell it. It's just too good. Hallelujah. 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 And it's too good for anyone to not receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Committing to us the message of reconciliation, of restoration to favor. So our message is that God was in Christ reconciling, restoring you to himself. Jesus died to restore you to God and give you a favored relationship with God, a harmony with God, an acceptance with God. Thank you, Jesus. So he's committed to us this message. Verse 20. So we are ambassadors, we're representatives of Christ. God making his appeal, as it were, through us. God gave us the message, he gave us the ministry. So it's all God's grace. It's His grace on you to be able to do it. It's His grace on you to do it. It's His grace on you to have the message, to share the message, praise God. So it's actually His appeal through us. We are, as Christ's personal representatives. Christ's personal representatives. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Peter was let out of prison by the angel, he said just the opposite of what the, the jailers and what the people had put him in prison for. He was preaching the gospel, they put him in prison. The angels let him out of prison. And there was the first automatic gates. The gates opened. Of their own accord, they opened. So the angels opened the prison doors, and then they opened the gates. And the angels said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Praise God forever. This life of God. Hallelujah. So when somebody says you shouldn't do that here. Because there's always somebody that might say uh, that's not legal here. or You might offend somebody here. or You might, uh, you know, you can't do that if you work here. Well, I, you might not be working there then. If that's the case. You can't preach Christ. Hallelujah. Might have to do it a little undercover, but preach. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're going to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. We have a higher authority. We have God who has told us that he's given us a ministry and the message of reconciliation. Hallelujah. So we have a higher authority than anybody. Oh, you can't hang those on the doors anymore. No, you can hang them on the doors. Praise the Lord. You can stand on the street corner. You can go anywhere. You can do it at Walmart. You can do it in the grocery store. You can do it on your job. You can do it anywhere. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's not a place of dirt on this earth that you cannot preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And make disciples. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're ambassadors. God making his appeal through us. <clears throat> I'll read that again since it was a low, in low tone. God making his appeal as it were through us as Christ's personal representatives. We beg you. We beg you for his sake yes. to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. Yes. We beg you for his sake. Yes. Whose sake? For Jesus sake, for God's sake. Yes. God gave his son. Yes. Jesus gave his life. Yes. For God's sake. For Christ's sake, we beg you in Christ's stead, lay hold of the divine favor. Now, offer to you and be reconciled to God. Receive this reconciliation. So this is a passionate, heartfelt God message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But you don't always have to feel like doing it. Hallelujah. Just do it. You think that Peter felt like it after he got out of prison? Or do you think that Paul felt like it after he had been beaten and left for dead, but got up again after they prayed for him, got up again, went on preaching the gospel after he was stoned? Do you think he was feeling it? I'm, I'm just feeling good right now. I'm feeling, feeling God. That was the only good? No, just preach the gospel. Hallelujah! Just tell the message. Somebody say, "I got to tell somebody." Hallelujah! Say it again. I got to tell somebody. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Verse twenty-one. For our sake, he made Christ. For his sake. Receive this reconciliation. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin that in him, that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be, approved, accepted, and in right relationship with him by His goodness Amen. approved, acceptable, in right relationship with Him by His goodness. W. D. Vine says about righteousness. The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he could never, never be in himself. So it is God's goodness. It is God's mercy. It is God's grace. It is all God. Hallelujah. Just your simple faith that God did what He said He did. Hallelujah. And Jesus did what it says He did. Praise God. You just believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You believe that He died for your sin. You believe that He was raised again. And you confess Him as your Lord and your Savior. It is the goodness of God. It is the love of God. It is the mercy of God. It is nothing that we have done. We could never do it in ourselves. We never could do it in ourselves, no matter how hard we tried, no matter what you thought you had to do. There was only one way that you could come through. It was only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life.